return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Word for us tonight, so let's welcome him all right as he comes to Amen to share from the scriptures. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad you're all here tonight. Amen. Yes, Lord. God is good. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I was thinking of that song we were just singing, uh, No Place I'd Rather Be, but here in His Love. And I was thinking, you know, we're always in His love. Amen. Because yeah, the Bible says that nothing can separate us amen. from the love of Christ. Amen. Right. And I'm so thankful for that because yeah. when all else fails, I mean, we go to Him first, but. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit to realize, oh, hey, he still loves me no matter what happened, amen. And, and so that's always, it's always good just to keep in mind that uh, his love never fails, it never leaves us. He never forsakes us, amen. amen. And we can, always, we can always run to him, amen. I was thinking about today, you know, the prodigal son, when he ran back to his dad, he wasn't a prodigal anymore. Amen, he came back to the father, so... Uh, I was listening to a song the other day, and then the guy said, a prodigal like me, and I thought, well, if you're back with Jesus, you're not a prodigal anymore, you're, right. you're a son, amen, and so right. uh, we don't have to be prodigals, amen. That's right. Maybe we were at one point, but we don't have to be now. We can That's be right. sons, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, That's sons right. and daughters, amen. amen. Pastor Dave, thank you for the opportunity to come and uh, speak and to be on staff and learn under you, and I'm so blessed to learn under you and Pastor Jeannie, both Angeline and I are, and uh, it's been good, you know, coming up on three years, uh, associate pastor, so I can't believe that it's already been that long, um, so I'm just thankful where I'm at and to be here all, with all of you as well. So I talked, last time I, I spoke, I talked on love, and I talked on loving people who don't like you. Um, and, uh, you know, really focus on the agape love yeah. of, uh, you looked at Luke, where it talks about loving your enemies and that, how that, you know, praying and blessing those who persecute you and spitefully use you. And I use the, the example just of if somebody slanders you to your boss, you're going for a, for a promotion, somebody slanders you and talks bad about you and sp- spreads lies about you, and you don't get the job, but they do because of those lies, how that verse actually means that you're still, still supposed to pray for favor Amen. on them and, and right. favor and blessings and for happiness. Yep. Amen. Yep. Uh, and I thought, you know, that's, that's for me, you know, that's something that we're always going to grow in, right? Yep. Uh, and love is such a big topic. Yep. Uh, it's hard to just talk about love. And, you know, I don't even think I, I barely scratched the surface on that. And I'm going to table it. I do want to come back to it because that's such a, uh, it was such for me, it was just a revelation of, wow, it's not just, it's easy to say agape love, okay, unconditional love, but it's way more than that even. Amen. It's not just, you can't just define it by unconditional. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that spills out of it. Um, But the Lord really put this on my heart 
uh, tonight uh, brotherly love. And, uh, and so I want to talk about the responsibility of Christians um, and the brotherly love that we're supposed to give to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Amen. And I'm going to go through a couple of things. Uh, you know, there's again, there's just so much with love. I was going to talk about uh, being a stumbling block, and I have it in here a little bit. I don't think I'll probably get that far, so we'll probably do another uh, study on this one. But um, we have a responsibility uh, to love our brothers and sisters. Yep. Amen. And uh, we have brothers and sisters all over the world um, that are doing things for the kingdom. Yep. That uh, they, We don't know them, they don't know us, but we still can love them. Amen. We can still pray for them. And uh, God's word does not return void. So when we pray for them, our prayers go out and they don't come back to us, but they're they sent out. Yeah. Amen. Uh, who was it? John G. Lake would pray over the newsletters that he'd send out to everybody. And there's a story of one lady opening it up and, and starting to shake and was instantly healed of whatever she had just because there's no boundaries with God. Amen. There's no boundaries with the Lord. And so... John, he didn't know her or anything like that, but the power of God healed her. Amen. So we have this responsibility to pray for our brothers and sisters, to love them. And and, uh, I want to talk about the noun, brotherly love, the noun, which is Philadelphia. Okay. And and, uh, it's where we get the city of Philadelphia, which is the city of brotherly love. Amen. And so this word... Philadelphia is, uh, it actually means fraternal affection, brotherly, brotherly love, kindness, love of the brethren. And it can mean either in a spiritual sense or it can mean in a physical sense. So, you know, maybe a physical brother or sister, um, spiritual brother or sister, you know, and, and uh, it's talking about a love or an affection for them. And, and you know, it's all part of, you know, we want to love unconditionally, but this is just one part. Yeah. Of that, and in the New Testament, it's often used in reference to the love which Christians cherish for each other as brethren or sisters in Christ. Amen. So uh, when when Paul is writing, sometimes he'll say to the brethren of Corinth or to the brethren, you know, and he's talking about those that are of the same faith, yeah. right? And uh, and those who also have their salvation through Jesus Christ. That's that's who our brothers and sisters are. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you, you think about. You know, in, in the military, there's a brotherhood, and and yeah. you're all kind of joined together for one purpose and one mission, and you're in one mind and heart. Yeah. Well, and, and spiritually, spiritual things, it's the same thing. We call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we're all of the of one mission, and that's to save people and to proclaim the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, even even in you know the United States and around the world, there's different denominations. There's different uh, parts of, uh, you know, um, Christianity that that maybe there's some things that you or I wouldn't agree with a part of it. But when we preach Jesus and Jesus is the message, then we are brothers and sisters. Amen. Um, and, and sometimes it's sad, but sometimes churches or people will take one thing and they don't agree with it. So I'm not going to fellowship with that person because I don't agree with this one thing. And, uh, and so our brothers and sisters are those that even don't quite believe how you believe. If they're saved, they're a spiritual brother or sister to you. And so many times you see churches or denominations fight against each other 
over things that in the scheme of, of eternity don't matter. Right. Um, you know, just some things, you know, the, you know, should you worship on a Saturday or on a Sunday? And you, you see churches that, you know, that will just not fellowship with others that don't believe mm-hmm. one way or the other. Yeah. And that's something that's not a big deal, right? I mean, we're supposed to, Pastor Dave always talks about, we live in revival. Yeah. You know, and, and Jesus even said, you know, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, when he was questioned about yeah. picking the grains of wheat in the Sabbath, he said, no, 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 I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. So every single day is a Sabbath to us. Every single day is holy to us. Amen. So we can live in harmony knowing that Amen. Jesus is the Lord of even our disputes. You know, the, the things that we might, uh, that might irk us about something that somebody else believes um, to the Lord, as long as we're doing it to him, Amen. He's blessed. Amen. He's honored. Amen. And, uh, you know, there are two things. So, like I said, there's two things I want to talk about in regards to walking in brotherly love. I'm not sure if I'll get to both. But the first thing I want to talk about is that if we're walking in brotherly love, we're walking in forgiveness and not divisiveness. Amen. And so let's go to Matthew 5, verse 21. And it says... You have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be guilty before the court. But I say to you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice against him shall be guilty before the court. And whoever speaks contemptuously and insultingly to his brother, uh, Raka, you empty-headed idiot, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of fiery hell. So let's stay there. Let's stay at Matthew 5, uh, 21 22. And so, you know, how, how many of you even thought in your head, like, you know, maybe you haven't said it out loud, but that, that person is an idiot. Like, like whatever they did, oh, it's, it's foolish. You know, one thing that, that there's a misconception of is that the Old Testament was um, stricter than the New Testament. And I'd like to think that actually the New Testament's a lot stricter. Right? Because in the Old Testament, it was all external. So if I did anything with my body, or if I said something out of my mouth or anything, then I could, I was breaking the law. Right? But I could think in my heart, in my mind, whatever I wanted to think. You know, there, was, there were offerings for uh, sins that you committed that you're not even sorry for <laughs> in the Old Testament. You know, you didn't have to be sorry. You just had to, okay, here's my offering. I still believe what I believe, but... I paid, my, I paid my due. Well, in the New Testament, because everything's on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit's on the inside, we actually were under a stricter, uh, you know, yeah. law of love because, you know, to follow completely in love is difficult, right? It's, you know, you're going to, we're going to make mistakes. The Bible says that um, we all fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. And so, but... Praise the Lord with, with greater room for error. There's a greater grace that we got. Amen. We, we have a, a better covenant built on better promises. Yeah. Amen. And so we can go and say, Lord, forgive me um, for saying this or doing this or thinking this in my heart. And the Bible says when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So now we can go on to verse uh, 23 here. So if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and while there, while there you remember that your brother has something such as a grievance or a legitimate complaint against you, leave your offering there at the altar and go. 
first make peace with your brother, and then come and present your offering. Amen. So, not only do we want to forgive or, or be forgiven, but whatever we're doing, that's the most important thing is to reconcile with a brother. Amen. With a sister. Somebody who you've wronged or has wronged you. Amen. And so Jesus takes it seriously when there's division among uh, Christians. Amen. And, uh, you know, he told Satan in Mark, or he told told, uh, the disciples of Mark 3.23, he told the the Pharisees, he called them to himself and said in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? They said, remember, he said, you cast out um, Beelzebub in the name of Beelzebub. You cast out demons in the name of demons. And he said, well, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Amen. So we can use the same principle when it comes to uh, our spiritual siblings, right? If we're divided against each other, then we're not going to be effective. Our house isn't going to stand. Amen. And we're not going to be as effective as if we reconcile and we, we get back on the same page, right? And we, we follow the Lord together. Amen. It's kind of like a husband and wife together can do great things for the Lord. And you should be doing more for the Lord together than you, should, than you can apart. Yep. But if there's a, a fracture in a relationship of husband and wife, then it's hard to uh, do anything for the Lord, right? Because you're one flesh. Yep. Amen? Yep. So if you're divided against each other, you're not doing things for God. You're warring against each other, and you're actually being used of the devil. Amen? Yep. And, uh, and Pastor David and I was talking about this. This morning, how Satan transformed himself into an angel of light. And uh, there's some who, it says that if he can do that, then the ministers who come and and, uh, minister things of the devil can also do the same thing. It can look like that he's coming, that they're coming to proclaim the good news, but really they're not. They're a wolf in sheep clothing. And as Christians, um, that's one thing that, that the devil, he wants to divide us. He's going to come and he's going to try to pretend to be a peacemaker when he's really not. Amen. And he's going to try to divide us against each other. And so why does Satan want division in the church? It's because we're weaker when we're divided. Right? We're weaker than, than when, when we're divided. If we don't make peace with our brothers and sisters, we stay divided. We give the devil a window of opportunity to tear down our ministry, to tear down our relationship with somebody else. And with other believers, amen. And so we want to stay connected, amen. We want to, that's why, you know, when, you know, every every day I try to think of, okay, is there anybody that I need to forgive, you know? And and uh, there's people that um, it took me years, years to forgive for something that happened that um, hurt me, you know? And, and there was kind of, a, at one point, just a light that came on. I was like, oh, hey, I think I just forgave that person because... I didn't cringe whenever I thought of this or, you know, or whatever it was. And, and, uh, and so when we make that reconciliation, amen, it's, it just, one, it makes us feel better, right? Because we've reconciled to our brother or to our sister. But two, it actually weakens the devil. Today at prayer, Pastor Ginny had a word, um, and she saw in the spirit, um, us as an army, Christians as an army, and had the, ar- the armor of God on and the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. 
And one thing that the Lord, I didn't get to share it at prayer, but one thing the Lord showed me is even when we just put up our sword, the enemy cowers. Amen? Even when we just put up our sword, the enemy cowers. And I saw this, you know, the full front line having their sword charging and the enemy's actually backing up. Amen. When we, when they know that we are confident in the ability to use the word of God on, for offense, amen, to attack, then they don't even want to fight. Amen. And so as Christians, when we're together, amen, and we use the Holy Spirit, we use the sword of the spirit to attack the enemy. The enemy doesn't even want to fight that. He knows he can't win. Right. And as Dev has talked about, you know, he uses discouragement. You know, and one thing, another thing that happens if you're divided with a brother or sister, you become discouraged, right? Amen. Because I think of it like this, if, if I'm with, um, you know, if, if I have a bunch of friends, you know, Christian friends that help build me up, then I'm going to be encouraged, right? But if it's just by myself and I don't have anyone to help build me up and I have an offense against this person, I don't like this person because of their belief or whatever it is, um, then I'm, that discouragement's gonna come. Unless I build myself up on my most holy faith, I mean, I'm not getting sharp. There's no, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? And so I'm not being, I'm not getting sharp. So that, that discouragement's gonna come. And one way we resist the devil from causing division is being quick to forgive. Amen. That's what we wanna do. And so in Luke 17, 3 and 4, it says, uh, take heed to yourself. Yourselves, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So I'm going to go to real quick too, to Matthew 18. And uh, you know that these two verses were actually, um, do we have Matthew 18? Did I, did I put that on there? Okay, thank you. Um, these two verses were actually in the same conversation. Because as you look through the scriptures and through the Gospels, um, right before that, in Matthew 18.6 and Luke 17.1, both starts out with Jesus' warning of offenses. So both of these happen right after that. And so Peter came to him, and I, this is how I kind of see it going. Like Jesus says, you know, take heed, your brother sins against you. If he sins against you seven times in a day, then you, and he repents, say, I forgive you. And I see it going like this. Peter saying, well, okay, so I only have to do seven times a day. You know, Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother's sins against me? Trying to justify himself, right? And, and I forgive him up to seven times, right? You said seven times. So after seven times, we're done, right? And, uh, and Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. Amen. Basically, Jesus said, no matter how many times he wrongs you, amen, we're not going to put the emphasis on the number, but... And infinitely, if your brother wrongs you and he comes and repents, I mean, we want to forgive. It doesn't mean we might not, we might, we might be a little more careful of what we do with our, you know, with our heart. But Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. So I've said before that I believe that's in a day. I think the accounts of these two, uh, match up so, so closely that in a day, if you're wronged multiple times by somebody, And every time they come and they repent, um, we want to forgive them, right? Amen. We want to forgive them. And so, the numbers that Jesus gave weren't hard and fast numbers. It's not like, you know, if, if uh, my brother sins against me 491 times, that one time I, I don't have to forgive him because Jesus said only 490 times in a day, right? Or in a lifetime or wherever you take that verse. 
No, but he's just saying a big number, right? If he sins against you a big number of times and he comes and repents, you want to forgive him. And really, if, even if he doesn't repent, we want to forgive him, right? We, just want to, we don't want to harbor any hatred or any malice in our heart. Amen. And so that's how we guard against division in the body of Christ. When offenses build, offense is built. Amen. You got that? When offenses build, a fence is built. So I think of, we have a tall fence in our yard um, around our property, and, and I can't see over the fence. Okay? Um, and anything that I hear is a little muffled over the fence even. So I can't, it's hard to hear. So if I build up an offense against a brother of mine or a sister of mine, and uh, I'm basically saying, I don't want to see you, I'm not going to listen to you, that's it, right? And if we continue to have the offense in our heart, then no matter how many times they try to come back to me and say, hey, I wronged you, I did this, until I'm ready to let go of that offense, um, I'm not going to hear what they're saying. I'm not going to see their actions. And the only way to tear down offense is forgiveness. Amen. And so many times the things Christians will fight over don't matter anyways, like I said. Uh, Paul gives us a great example in Romans 14. And so we're going to start Romans 14.1. He talks about, he says, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received them. So, really what he's saying is don't waste time over stupid arguments. Yeah. Amen? If, it's, if, it's, if there's nothing in Scripture about you should do this or you should do this, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing it under the Lord, right? We want to, whatever we do, we want to do under the Lord. Yeah. Amen? So we don't show brotherly love by criticizing people. Amen? Whether, um, you know, whatever it is in that regard. We talked about Saturdays and Sundays, right? No, we don't, we don't show brotherly love by doing that. And there's a difference between criticizing and helping, yeah. right? If we're criticizing over something that is insignificant, um, that's different than helping somebody who's erred in their ways, yeah. right? Yeah. And the Bible says that we, we'll read later, that we actually have to get, give an account for ourselves. I don't have, you know, somebody, if, I, if, if yeah. we don't agree or whatever and I show love, I'm not going to give an account for them. They have to give an account for themselves, too. I'm going to give an account for myself. Amen? I think sometimes, as Christians, we do want to be helpful, and, uh, and we do want to steer people in the right direction, which is good, but it's also good to know that we don't have to be everybody's babysitter. Right? Like, I'm not responsible um, for somebody's prayer life. Or I'm not responsible for how somebody lives their life, right? And so we can know that, okay, if, if I eat meat and somebody else eats vegetables, that's okay. I don't care. Or if it's vice versa. And so you think of, and it sounds like such a, you know, in here, and I'm sure, and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, it sounds like such a small thing, something that's insignificant that it's like, why would we even fight about that? But just because I might do something differently than somebody else, as long as it's not forbidden in Scripture, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter that we do it differently. But in the first part, it says, receive one. Receive one. Yep. As a brother, we receive people. Amen. Yep. 
we receive them. The most important thing is that we accept people. Amen? Whether we're on either side. And then we'll go down to verse 4. And it says, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Amen? So again, we all stand or fall to, before the Lord. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Again, like I was saying, we're not, I'm not responsible for somebody else's Christian walk. Amen? Um, I, I can help. I can, be, I can be there as a friend. I can pray. I can give advice. But ultimately, everybody's responsible for their walk with the Lord. Amen. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, now listen to this, he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. So what it's saying is, if somebody observes, observes the day that it's special, that it's, set, that it's set aside better than any other day, he's doing it for the Lord. Amen? And if somebody thinks that every day is the same, he's also doing it for the Lord. Amen. So that's what that's saying is, is to the Lord, he does not observe it. He doesn't observe it because he thinks that that's what's honoring the Lord. That's his, I think of, you know, just think of Job. You know, Job had, you know, all the sons and everything. And what was he doing? He was making sacrifices because he, he thought this was honoring the Lord. Amen. He, thought it was, he said he, in his heart, he was like, okay, um, we were talking about this too, just about, um, when he says in the first part of Job, the fear, what I feared has come to pass. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Grace and I had talked about it a little bit, brought up Levi as well, and he, he had said something about that. Yeah. You know, and, and so, what was Job doing? He just was doing what, he, what it took to honor the Lord. Yeah. He didn't know for sure. Yeah. He, maybe he was doing it out of fear, but he was still doing it to honor the Lord. Right. So he who observes the day does it to the Lord, who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. Amen. So whatever we have, whatever we eat, um, and this can be used a, 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 multiple, a multitude of things, um, he, we, he, we give thanks for it. Right? But then it says, he who does not eat, to the Lord he does not eat, and gives God thanks. Yeah. Amen. And so when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about brotherly love. I'm not talking about criticizing somebody's habits. Amen. I'm not talking about uh, criticizing somebody who does things differently than we do. Because how many know around the world there's customs and there's different things that maybe we wouldn't agree with, you know? And there's things that we do here in Brookings that somebody else across the world, they wouldn't agree with us. Amen. But what's the point? We're doing it for Jesus. Amen. We're doing it for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And again... Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. And so I don't, if I do something and you don't approve, I don't have to answer to you. I have to answer to God. Amen? If you do something, you know, and and I don't approve, you don't answer to me, you answer to God. Amen? And so we want to keep that in mind. Right? Um, You disagree with somebody, love them anyways. Show them brotherly love. Show them affection. Show them that fraternal affection that the Bible talks about. Yeah, amen. If you're doing it for the Lord and it's not unscriptural, it shouldn't be an item of contention. Yeah. How many have, have had a bad day at work or something and you come home and you're just, you're almost looking to pick a fight? It's like, huh. What would make me feel better? Ooh, I need to yell at somebody. 
<laughs> and you kind of maybe even make something up. Well, you know, with our brothers and sisters, we don't want to just make something up. We don't want something to be really petty that we argue over, that we do things. Amen. But we want to keep the peace, right? We want to be have a peaceful um, existence, especially with our brothers and sisters. As brothers and sisters, we're called to love and to show understanding, knowing that we are on the same team for Jesus. Amen. And that's really important uh, because you have, you know, again, denominations fighting against denominations or groups fighting against groups. Um, I know, you know, uh, in in, uh, Africa, some tribes fighting against tribes. Um, Even though we all might worship the same God and same Jesus. Amen. Um, But there's what? There's contentions that come. And it's always important to know that we're not fighting against each other, but we're fighting against principalities. We're fighting against powers. Amen. And so we want to keep that in mind. If we continue to read on, Romans 14, 7, For none of us live to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Amen. And that's, again... We want, to, we want to recognize that we're bought with a price. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're not our own. Amen. The possessions that we have are not our own. They're on loan from God. Amen. And that's why we tithe. We give back to God what he gave us. Yep. Amen. Yep. But we are the Lord's. Verse 9. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so that each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So again, we go back to our sin. Why do you judge your brother? If, you know, sometimes I have to tell the kids, you know, if they're, if they're yelling at Ryan or something, I say, well, who's he hurting? Leave him alone. He's, right. he's having fun. He's, you know, whatever. Who's he hurting? Amen? Same thing spiritually, right? Even if we maybe don't necessarily like what somebody's doing, amen, but it's not a sin. It's not unbiblical or unscriptural. You know, leave him alone. Love him. Love him anyways. Say good job. Yep. You know, and this is all talking about, too, starting in verse 1, I'm talking about one who is weak in the faith. Amen? And so next time I talk about this, and I might, I might dump into it just a little bit tonight, but um, I want to talk about uh, not being a stumbling block to somebody who's weak in the faith. Yeah. Amen. Because that's, that's another part of brotherly love that we haven't even touched on. Amen. And so for somebody who maybe um, is new in the faith, somebody who is just learning the ropes, amen, this is how we want to treat them. Yeah. Right? Um, if, I'm teaching my, if I'm teaching my son... My, my first grader, my kindergartner, how to shoot a basketball, I'm not looking for, for perfection right away, right? I'm not saying, all right, got to get that elbow in, 90-degree angle, follow through, and if he doesn't do it, you know, he's going to run laps. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be harsh, right? And so as brothers and sisters, we don't want to be harsh, right? We don't want to be harsh, um, you know, because, one, people are learning, Right? We can all be new. There's a, again, we'll get into it later, but there's a, um, there's a scripture that just talks about, 
um, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, um, it'd be better if something's hung around their neck and they were dropped to the sea. Um, well, that little one means child, but also a spiritual child, somebody who's new in the faith, yeah. right? So causing somebody to stumble new in the faith. And, and everybody knows somebody who's a baby Christian. Amen? Yeah. And so for me, my brother was 10 years younger than me, right? Um, so for me, what was my job? Was my job, you know, I'm sure I did a fair amount of this, but criticize him and, you know, I mean, he did play college basketball, so I take some credit for that, for making him work hard. But, uh, you know, is that my job or is my job, you know, even in the natural sense, to love, to encourage him? Yeah. Amen. If he makes a mistake, say, that's okay, you got it next time. Amen. Because we always want to look, so many, you know, especially brothers and sisters, you can't look at the natural because, Brothers and sisters fight all the time. Um, just ask my kids. And uh, if we look through it through a spiritual lens, though, yeah. we're called to come alongside our brothers, come alongside our sisters, walk with them, yeah. amen, to help them. Yeah. I even think of, remember Apollos, you know, when, they, when the Bible talks about Apollos in Acts, and he was zealous for the Lord, but there were some things that he didn't quite know. Yeah. You know, he was new in the faith. Um, I think Apollos too was the group that said we, you know, they didn't, they hadn't received the Holy Spirit, but he was preaching Jesus. Amen. What did the brethren do? Did they scold him? Did they tell him, no, you're not part of our company? No, they took him aside. They showed him the way a little bit yep. better. Yep. Amen. And what happened? Apollos became, you know, a great man of God. Yep. Affected many, many people. Yep. Amen. Yep. And so we do the same thing for. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Hallelujah. So I'm not going to get in, into it today. But these whole 12 verses talk about accepting your brethren, even if you don't see it eye to eye. Amen. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know who, I don't know, I feel like the Lord's wanted me to say this. If there's somebody that you were friends with a long time ago that was of the same faith, and you've lost contact or there's been something that's happened, there's been a split, and they're still following the Lord, um, you reach out to them. Amen. You know, I'm actually thinking of somebody for me, too. Yeah. Um, just lost contact with the person. Yeah. Reach out to them. See how they're doing. Yep. Amen? Because we never know what kind of, uh, uh, what the Lord's going to do um, when you get two Christians together, when you get two believers together. Amen? I mean, we have pastor's conference, and we get cross-pollination, as Pastor Dave calls it, you know, across many different denominations and countries. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, Pastor Gabby yeah. and um, uh, Pastor Samuel yep. got together, didn't know each other, and building hospitals. Yep. Amen. Two different countries. Two different countries. Right yep. You, you know, and, and so I just encourage you today, yep. just reach out to them or tomorrow. Just a text or maybe Facebook. I probably have Facebook. Say, Hey, I just wanted to see how things are going. How things are? How are things in your ministry? Yep. How's your walk with the Lord? Amen. And I think you'll be surprised to see what God can do to continue to cultivate yeah. a relationship like that. Amen. Yeah, Hallelujah. So yeah. I'm going to end there, but uh, I just thank you all for coming out yeah. tonight. Let's just pray before we close. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much that we have um, people in our lives that we can lean on, or that can sharpen us as. Brothers and sisters of Christ, Lord. Father, I thank you for showing us how to love a brother, how to love a sister, Lord. I thank you for showing us this 
Philadelphia love. Lord, agape love as well, Father. We thank you that you, um, that you loved us first. Before we were saved, when we were still enemies, you showed us how to love, Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you. I declare a blessing on everybody here. I pray for uh, reconciliation of relationships. I pray for reconciliation of friendships, Lord. All for your glory. All to further your kingdom, Lord. Oh, we give you all the praise and honor, Father. We pray uh, just for the rest of this week, Lord. I thank you that if anybody's struggling this week, just to get through, Father, you strengthen them. Hallelujah, Lord, that this was an encouragement to them. Lord, that you were able to speak through me, that we could hear what you're trying to say to your church tonight. And Lord, we just give you all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If anybody needs prayer tonight, you can come on up. Otherwise, you are dismissed. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.